Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy, Devin Hines, sitting across from the man, the myth, the legend, Luke Mueller. Do you want to say hi to the folks again, Luke? Hello, folks. Yeah, so we recorded on Monday. We uh, did. A full episode. And noticed there was no recording released on Monday. Yeah, yeah. So Mm. that's weird, isn't it? So basically, what happened? So we got, we did our normal checks and tests and stuff before recording. And something occurred, right? Technical difficulties. We had technical difficulties. As any great major production occurs from time to time. It happens, right? It happens. So we did not realize these technical difficulties until after we had finished the entirety of the episode and uh we're going to release it and realize that devin was talking kind of sounded like he was underwater talking to himself yeah it was 55 minutes which is one of our longer episodes yeah. 55 minutes of me talking to myself like a psychopath yeah didn't really love that feel with lots of long awkward pauses mm, yeah not a great <laughs> look so we discussed it between the two of us Honestly, I was a little bit on the fence. I was like, hey, you know, I'd be okay if we skip to next week. And then we just have, you know, like a, a episode where we're covering two games as opposed to one. You know, we've had to do that before in the yeah, past. Yeah, not a big deal. Props out to Luke. He was like, no. It's Jordan Love's first start mm-hmm. with all this Rogers drama. We we got to get this to our people. Yeah, this is this is timely. The the dozens of people at this point. The dozens. I don't know if we had said it Monday, and also this is just gonna be part of the show tonight, guys. I'm gonna apologize for it now. You know, my memory is terrible, so whether like we said things Monday or we said it last week, there may just be some overlap and confusion. We're just gonna keep rolling with it. Yeah, absolutely. We were discussing on Monday before the show that it seems like we're getting new listeners, more listeners. So to our loyal listeners, it seems like you guys are spreading the word. And from the bottom of our hearts, I know that I can't thank you enough. Yeah, greatly appreciated. So thank you for coming back onto our regularly scheduled program. Exactly. And I think this actually worked out great. I'm glad that I kind of pushed to have this new episode because we have some new information. Some things have happened since Monday. Indeed, they have. So let's go back to what we said Monday Yeah, with, with what we let off because that's yep. still very relevant and still needs to be said. Mm-hmm. So I think I joked that, that Dumbo the Elephant was back in the room. He was. Dumbo the Elephant being, you know, the, the Rogers drama. So he went on the Pat McAfee show last week. Yeah, it was on Friday. On Friday. Kind of made things worse. Yeah. So I didn't listen to the entire thing. I didn't want to subject myself to that much pain and embarrassment. I, just a couple episodes I wanted to comment on the fact that he's going to Joe Rogan for medical advice. Not great. We Not, love his podcast. Yeah. But I haven't seen him on the front line. Maybe I've missed him, but not the guy I want to listen to. Yeah, I don't think he's he's done the proper amount of schooling, right? He has some interesting people on his show. The Definitely. podcast can be entertaining for sure. I'm not going to Joe Rogan for all of my hard-hitting, very important scientific knowledge. So that was at least questionable. Uh, the other part of it, of the, the interview or monologue, as I believe we called it. Yeah, he pretty much just talked. Yeah, I think Pat McAfee <laughs> asked him a question and Aaron just talked for like 40 minutes. Like he was ready to go. He was. Aaron decided to quote the great MLK. And he said, the great MLK said, you have a moral obligation to object to unjust rules and rules that made no sense. I'm going to add that he add Aaron Rodgers added that last bit. Just putting that out there. I think insulting doesn't quite cover it. If you think about what Martin Luther King Jr. was dealing with, like the rules, the unjust rules back in the 60s versus the unjust rules that Aaron would have to deal with if the league knew he wasn't vaccinated. Like, what's the big one you can think of? Having to wear a mask in a press conference? Yep. That just sounds nightmarish. <laughs> I, I can't imagine having to, having to do that. Can't so. even fathom. So that was only inappropriate. So I know that on yeah. Monday we were we were both not really happy with him. No, no. Um, I think it would have been much easier if he came out and said really anything besides what he said. Um, he, I don't know, you probably saw the clip, right, where he started off saying something about like the woke mob is after him and 
his last nail in the cancel culture casket and just like and what are you witchcraft doing? and yeah man like, what he, are you doing he was like everybody feels sorry for me right and it's like you know i i love aaron the player and uh thought very highly of him as a person right like he's very intelligent um he thinks deeply right he's a critical thinker that's something he brought up that's part of part of his whole thing now <laughs> questionable <So>. <laughs> <laughs> uh but it was it was disappointing. You know, I said on Monday, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed because I had higher expectations for him um, as a person. And maybe that's not necessarily justified. Right. I mean, all these athletes are just people at the end of the day. Right. Not perfect. So he's kind of gone off the deep end a little bit, I would say, in recent times. But he's a person. He, he's allowed to have his own opinions, um, whether or not we agree with them. But uh, it was definitely disappointing to hear what he said and because i think it showed a lot of arrogance to kind of put himself on a pedestal like he did to a certain extent which is not something that i really want to hear him talk about honestly and as a packer fan for both of us you know growing up in chicago we've been having to defend the packers for our entire lives right especially this you know last off season where he's wishy-washy and i know at least for me a lot of people work are like Oh, what is he doing? He's being selfish, and and I stood by him the yeah. entire time. Mm-hmm. After that week one loss, everyone's like, "Oh, Devin, your Saints, your Packers look crap versus the Saints," which again was my fault because I predicted that. We'll get into that later. Um, but when I went back to work this week, and people were like, "How about your boy Aaron Rodgers?" and I'm like, "Yeah, no, you're expecting me to defend him, and I'm not. Yeah, just I don't want to talk about it. I don't agree with what he said, obviously. I don't like that he said it. You know, he could have... Re- well, really, here's the thing, right? Because he came out on Tuesday, yesterday. So this is one of the the new tidbits of information Ooh, we have from Breaking news. Ding, from ding, Monday. Ding, 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 ding. Breaking news. <laughs> that, was, that was something, Devin. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> he... Uh, I wouldn't say he necessarily went back on everything he said, but if he would have said this Friday, what he said today or yesterday on Pat McAfee's show, this would have been relatively a non-story, right? He kind of apologized for being misleading, which is really all anybody wanted to hear, right? There are plenty of other people, plenty of other faces of their prospective franchises that are unvaccinated. Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, two of them. Kirk Cousins, obviously, a little bit different story there. But, (laughs) which Devin has definitely brought up. But, regardless, uh, so people kind of get over that at some point, right? But it's the way he did it, the misleading aspect of it, um, and kind of putting himself in a bucket that he did not belong in with the way he was talking about unvaccinated players, as if he was not one of them. So I think that was where a lot of people kind of took offense. It's like, do you really think you're smarter? You're that much smarter than everyone that you can pull this off this whole time, this whole year. Um, the and, rules still apply to you. Correct. Correct. They do. And apparently he was following most of them and, and what have you. Outside of the press conference one, which he, he thinks is stupid. Um, that's the, if it is or not is really neither here nor there, right? It's a rule. It's there for a reason in this case. Just follow it. And it's so insignificant. Correct. I mean, my gosh, it's wearing this tiny little piece of cloth for, what, 10 or 15 minutes? Yeah. I mean, most of us at our jobs have to do it all day. Anyways, yeah. Like, come on, man. All right? Right. You can suck it up, but You can suck it up. Exactly. So, but if he had just come out and said what he said on Tuesday, not even retract everything, but just sound like a reasonable person about the entire ordeal i think this would have more or less blown over by now instead of creating the absolute hurricane that he did with what he said so i'm glad he came out and finally sounded like a normal person again i'm disappointed that it had to wait this long i agree and this is just something that obviously we don't want it to be the focus of our show, but I think right. Luke and I agreed that we are fans, but this had to be discussed. This had to be brought up. We 100%. had to make it clear that we are not okay with what he said in the slightest. Yeah. And how he went about his business over these last however months since August. 
So it's been 10 minutes since our intro, so I think we've talked enough, Aaron. I think we've explained our snafu enough. Yeah, I would there, agree. There was a game last weekend. There was. There was a game. Shall um, we start? We, we might as well, right? All right, folks. So this past Sunday, Jordan Love's first career start. Our 7-1 Packers went into, the at the time, the 4-4 four four Kansas City Chiefs. We took the L. 7-13. But notice I said the Chiefs didn't beat us. Because I really believe that they didn't. We simply beat ourselves. Yeah. Obviously, after any Packer loss, you're not feeling great. But I want us all just to, to slow down and just hear me out as I, as I point out a few facts about the game itself. Yeah. Let's put it in perspective a little Let's bit, put right? put it in perspective. So, we have the two failed field goal attempts in the first half. Eey. Which we're going to get more in depth about special teams, everything. So we're just going to go over the summary now. Mm-hmm. There's there's two field field goal attempts. Those are both makeable kicks. So assuming those go in, which normally they do, that's the difference in the game right there. It's 13-13. Right. So you have that. Before halftime, the Chiefs were driving, and by some miracle, Kevin King actually made a play on the ball. Yeah, he just poof, there he was. Kevin King w- attempted to make a diving interception, which... It would have been one hell of a catch. Absolutely. So I feel like there was some flack on him for not making that play. On my part, no flack given. The fact that he was there was great. However, if he makes that catch, they don't go score the the field goal. Who knows what we do? That's another three-point difference. Right. You have the Amari Rodgers muffed punt. Well, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. You have the muffed punt that went off of the leg of Malik Taylor, but Amari Rodgers was the punt returner and should have made sure his guys were out of the way. So I'm still going to blame Amari Rodgers for that, which then led to the Chiefs getting three points. Mm-hmm. So there's another three points. And the last one that I'll mention on, on wasted points opportunities was when we were driving in the fourth quarter, going the 20 or 25-yard line, and Jordan Love just zeroes in on Devontae Adams, and they – don't quite have that back shoulder fade. No, they don't have it figured out yet. They don't have the chemistry right right there yet, which is completely understandable in his first career start. And he throws a pick to, I think it's Legarius, Lenarius, Lasomethings need. Correct. And again, assuming the field goal op- operation goes well, that's another three points. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of three points we just brought up. We outgained the Chiefs 301 to 237. Significant. 19 first downs to their 14. I fully believe that we were the better team despite having an offense that at points looked anemic. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree that was a very winnable game. And oh, by the way, it's against the representative in the Super Bowl for the AFC two years in a row who granted they're not 100% looking themselves. They still got one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best receivers, one of the best tight ends. One of the best coaches. We're not playing Joe Schmo. We're no. Not, we're not playing the Bears. <laughs> hey, they look decent on Monday. Shout out to the Bears fans. That's the nicest Luke will be about the Bears for a while. All right. So, <laughs> where do you want to begin our breakdown? You want to go special teams that are not so special? Let's do special teams, shall we? We're going to break this down like a sandwich, right? We're going to do bad, good, bad. That's how we're going to break this down. So we'll start with with the worst, honestly, which was the special teams. Devin kind of gave you a nice little breakdown of the the points lost there, right? But mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about how we lost those points, shall we? Indeed. So Crosby missed the kicks, right? One got blocked, missed one to the left. Crosby blocking the kicks. I'm gonna we're not blocking <laughs> two shows in one week. We have our issues. All right. <laughs> So, on the first kick, mm-hmm. it seems like that Mr. Crosby was not happy with the snap, but he was also not happy with the hold. Mm-hmm. When the Packers signed Corey Bohorquez in the offseason. Boho Blast. Boho Blast, who has been wonderful in the punting game. Oh, great punter. I immediately was hesitant, because I remember from his days in Buffalo, one of the Bills beat writers had pointed out that some of their kickers' kicks were missing wide and upon further review upon him going and watching the film he was able to decipher that boho's 
was not getting the ball in, in proper position. Right. The laces were in the way. Right, and I think we saw that uh, one of the kicks, or both of the kicks, they were not put down quite right. Right? I think that's fair to say. Yeah. But So for the first nine weeks of the season, I've kind of been a laughing stock of the friend group. Like, oh, Devin, look at Boho. He's doing so good. And I hated being right, but I was right. I mean, to be fair, you said he was a terrible punter. I should have been more specific. I said his punting is fine. His, his holding for field goal attempts is subpar. I think this is revisionist history, if we're going to be honest. I can go back and find the texts. You were unamused, to put it lightly, because I came to you. I was like, Devin, I need the scouting po- report on this dude that I've never heard of who played in Buffalo. You're, you're my go-to guy for Buff- Buffalo Bills news, right? Which, for the listeners who don't know, I went to nursing school in Buffalo for four years, and they will forever be my number two. Which is completely fair. I, I'm also a sucker for a good Buffalo Bills team, so I'm with you. Um, but you thought he was a terrible punter. So that's that's besides the point, really, really, here, neither here nor there. Oh, words are hard today. Hey, listen, it's the second <laughs> show in a week. First one was a 55-minute banger. I think it we're was. doing great. I think we are as well. <laughs> But our troubles do not end at Boho Blast now, do they? No. So on that first kick, I, we blame Boho Blast. On that second one, though, when I went back and rewatched the film, so the second one was the block, and it looks like the pressure came from in between the guys that were on the far most right side of the line, one of them being Dennis Kelly, who up to last year was a starting right tackle in the NFL. Right. No explanation for that. But the other one was... was which town's own, Luke? Remind me. Wait, wait, wait. No, it's it's Naperville's own. Naperville's own. Is it you're, not? You're learning. You're I'm, learning. I've I'm said learning. it enough. I'm learning by trauma. Naperville's own, Tyler Lancaster. Yep. Between the two of them, they just let him go right through like a turnstile. Yes, which is a problem. That's not good. No, it's not. And stuff like this is how you lose playoff games. 100%. And that wasn't even honestly where I was going with it. I was going to talk a little long snapper, mm. if you if you would indulge me for a second, right? Because we cut Hunter Bradley, our long snapper. Long time week. long snapper, too. It was like three, four years, something like that. Um, <laughs> but apparently he ranked towards the bottom, bottom two, three long snappers in, in the NFL. So room to upgrade, right? You would think. So we brought some guy up from the practice squad. And this made sense intuitively. This guy spent time with Boho Blast, I believe when they were in St. Louis, together. They know each other. He's long snapped to Boho before. He's in the facility. We right. see him every day. Yeah. Right. This, this should make sense. Right. Well, upon further review, the snaps were not good. That's putting it gently. As today, we're going to be much more gentle than we yeah. were. On yeah, the- we're going to try to be a little nicer. I think we were a little... Uh, hmm cantankerous on monday we're a little probably more negative than we needed to be which is fair um but we're, we're looking on the the brighter side of things right brighter side the brighter side the long snap still sucked though oh there's yeah. no way around that Mm-mm. um to the point where mason crosby went over and started talking to him about it which is also not good i don't know see no. i i actually like that i like the leadership like you need oh. to hold people accountable silver fox 100 percent I don't mind him doing it. I don't like that it had to be done. Well, yeah, in theory, you'd rather just have the kicks go through and everything be great. Right? We should never know who the long snapper is. Yeah. you. Your name is never mentioned. Ever. For good things. Ever. Other than Packers, who's the only long snapper you can name? Yeah, I don't know if I got anything. The only one I can do is Trey Junkin who was the long snapper, long time long snapper. There was that crazy Giants 49ers playoff game mm-hmm. where I think the Giants were like kicking their butt by like 30 points and then T.O. and the boys led the comeback. Okay. You should know this one. It's, it's pretty famous in NFL history. Fair enough. Anyways. I'm still trying to think of long snappers, to be fair. The reason why I know his name is because the Giants were trying to offset the comeback, went for a game-winning field goal. Mm-hmm. And Trey Junkin had been a long time, long snapper. He'd always been money. And what do you know? He snafus himself. <laughs> horrible snap. 
Game is lost for the Giants. I thought it was just because he had a great name. It, that is a great name. <laughs> it's a solid name. So, yeah, we don't want to know who you are, long snappers, honestly. There's a reason that you don't even make it into Madden, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're not. Yeah, that would, that would actually kind of suck, wouldn't it? Oof. They, hey, just kids, put random, in, oh. they just put random offensive linemen <laughs> under long snapper, but that's fine. So, yeah, we had some problems there. How about the return game? What would you see there? What do we think? All right. So, we're going to get a little technical here, folks. Amari Rogers has, uh, has been our punt returner now. Hmm. And as the punt returner, it is your job to see the ball coming. And you have to make the distinction, okay, do I think I can return this ball and get some yards? Also, you need to realize, you know, where you are in the field, mm-hmm. right? Whether you need to let that, ball go, let that ball go by you for a touchback. So you kind of have to make some decisions. Right. You also have to communicate those decisions. So... It was obvious to Amari Rodgers on that punt that I think the coverage was too good and he was not going to do anything with it. So he didn't want to get smacked. So he backs away from the ball. And his job in most systems is to call Peter, 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 Peter. And no, it's not the Peter, Pumpkin, Piper, that whole thing. No. That'd be way better if they had to yell that, though. I was just trying to say that in the car right here in the tongue twister. What that does is that alerts the gunners, so the guys who are blocking for you, like Malik Taylor, to, hey, get out of the way. I'm not going to catch this punt, so it might take a really funky bounce. Yeah, just don't get anywhere near it. And unfortunately, neither of those players were mic'd up, so we don't really know if he mm-hmm. was yelling it. But based on the lack of response from Malik Taylor, I would think he did not get that signal. Right. Either Amari wasn't loud enough or just didn't say it. So what ends up happening is the ball bounces, it goes off Willie Taylor's leg, and that sets up the Chiefs in prime real estate to put some points on the board, as they did. Yep. Yep. That's a problem. It would be nice if we could just not be a net negative in the return game. Just don't shoot yourself. Right. Just don't be... If we would just fair catch every ball... I think we'd we'd be in better shape. We're getting back to that realm that we were a couple years ago before we got Tyler Irvin, where we were like net negative 50-something yards or whatever. Let me stop you there. Tyler Irvin, if you listen to our show, if you're one of our probably like 24, 25 listeners now. Yeah, it's pretty now, solid now. You want to come back? Yeah. Would you please? That's all you have to do. I'm, I'm Irvin for some Irvin, all right? <laughs> Swerving Irvin, here Swerving we go. Swerving Irvin, please, because you were consistent. You never disappointed me. You never dropped the ball. You communicated with your gunners well. We don't ask for much. You even got return yards, which honestly kind of feels like a like a shock anytime that happens. Uh, we don't really have a good kick returner now because Kylan Hill got hurt on a bad decision. Mm-hmm. So we, we could use a little help there. We could use a little help there. Did you see or read or hear um, where Matt LaFleur went to our special teams coach? Yeah. Where yeah. he asked or told him to yank Amari Rogers out of the role, at least for the rest of the game. And he said, no. Pretty ballsy, if you ask me. If your yeah. boss tells you to do something and you say no. Right. And then, like, the next return, he got 12, 15 yards or whatever it was. And everybody was happy with that. But I just thought that tidbit was interesting. Which we need to add in. So he had the, the miscommunication mm-hmm. muff that goes off of Malik Taylor. But then the next pump that he gets... He, he fumbles that, and he, I think yeah, he recovered was, it. That was a real muff. But still, you have you have two poor, poor, poor never events in a row. And I'm, A, really surprised that the special teams coach over, overrode LaFleur's orders and that mm-hmm. Amari actually did something with it. Equally shocked on both those fronts. I'm pretty much ready to just put Randall Cobb back there like we used to. Fair catch everything. Don't bring any kicks out of the end zone. For any reason, not kickoffs, fair catch, every punt, call it a day. Yeah, I didn't love Cobb being the returner like the first time he was with us because mm-hmm. he was way too valuable. He's right. still valuable. He's so much a third down. But there's plenty of plays where he's not in the field. So you can have him field a punt, take a few plays off, You know, put Lizard King in there, put Randy, I mean Marquez Valdez-Scantling in there, mm-hmm. my bad, Freudian slip, and then bring him back in for third down and everything's A-OK because Cobb will not drop the ball. Yeah, I'm imagining that's kind of – I'm imagining a scenario where that is exactly what we do in the playoffs, right? Like when the game's kind of coming down to the line, 
and you just put him back there, fair catch it, just make sure we get the ball. Put the ball in Aaron's hands, call it a day. That's all you got to do. So, yeah, I expect we will probably end up there at some point. Even if it's not during the regular season, we keep trying Amari Rodgers. I imagine there will be a, a moment where Cobb gets put back there. I hope so. All right, are we on to the, the good part of the sandwich? Yeah, let's talk about the good part of the sandwich. Ooh, this defense, folks. So we're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, and we give up 13 total points. We shut them out. And we gave them most of those. Yeah, we gave them most of them. I mean, that first drive, they went through us like a hot knife through butter. Mm. But as apparently Joe Barry can do, we made some adjustments. Which is something we are very much not used to. All about the adjustments. They didn't score for the fat for the last, I think, what quarter and a half. Yeah, something like that. And overall, I think what would have kind of taken away from this is the defense looks athletic and aggressive and physical. They do. And I think that may be a better word than aggressive because we're not doing any crazy blitzing or anything. Um, not really successfully or noticeably at the moment, but uh, yeah, physical. That's a good way to put it. You just talk about blitzing, and there's just been so many times where I think of like Chris Barnes or Campbell, even Burks, like some of these guys just getting through on free rushes, and they just look angry. They do. They look like they're possessed going at the quarterback, and I love it. And all these people, minus Campbell, were here last year. So, and the year before that for most of them, right? So it's very interesting to see the the kind of mentality shift we've gotten on defense this year. And all that's changed with the coordinator. I mean, most of the position coaches remain intact. He's definitely getting a lot more out of the guys we already had. 100%. Something we mentioned on Monday was, you know, Oren Burks, this is a guy that we drafted. You know, he's supposed to be kind of like a ball-hawking linebacker, mm-hmm. more athletic type. Been kept on the lead, on the team for like, what, three or four years? Yeah. Kind of, of like, kind of a surprise keep around. Mm-hmm. He has the play of his career this yeah. week. I'm just like a simple third down. Chiefs are dropping it off to the halfback, and it's like 99 times out of 100 they get that. And Burks just accelerates, tracks him down, and, and knocks him out. Yeah, it was beautiful. That's exactly the kind of play we've been hoping and praying for out of that position and him ever since he got drafted. That's his sole goal in life at this point is really just to make plays like that. Out of the backfield, in coverage, that's all you got to do. You're not the thumper. We're not going to send you on a ton of blitzes or anything. But just be solid, make good tackles. Something he's not been very good at. Speaking of thumping, though. We got to talk about it. Similar play, just in, down in the red zone. So after the Amari Rodgers, Malik Taylor, Snafu, right? Chiefs had the ball. They're in a prime position to score. And at that point, our offense had done nothing. So you're really thinking they score a touchdown. And this game is over. Right. Third and goal. Similar, similar play. Chiefs just do a little... I don't think it was like a design dump off. Just somebody was open, so he dumps it off to the running back in the flat. Yeah, a little swing. Daryl Williams, he he has the angle. And and you see Chris Barnes closing. And you think, okay, you know, he's probably going to you know, hit him, but most likely he's still going to fall into the end zone. Yeah, and kind oh. of reach or whatever. Yeah, we see that every Sunday. Oh, no. Absolutely not. He hit him and forced a 90-degree turn in his body. It was outstanding. I think I felt the earth shatter. Like, I mean, that he laid the wood there. That was a hit. Beautiful. And he's just been, I mean, that game as a whole, playing with his hair on fire. Yeah, he had some great run stuffs, too. I mean, he, Chris Barnes was looking the part. And I think with him and Devondra Campbell is kind of the every down, right? Then you have Chris Barnes' early downs. Then Oren Burks comes in. I mean, this has the makings of a really strong inside backer group, which is something we haven't had in a long time, especially more than one, right? Because we've had Blake Martinez and Desmond Bishop and before that even A.J. Hawk, right? Different schemes and all that. I get it. But the fact that we have multiple pieces that can do stuff, awesome. And then one great all-around guy to kind of anchor that to Fondra Campbell. I love it. I know we're going to be in salary cap hell next year. I think both those guys are free agents after this year, and we somehow need to re-sign both of them. We do. I mean, th- we have to bring Campbell back. He's been everything we've been looking for for years. Yeah, he's wonderful. And then the physicality that Barnes brings. And you were just talking about similar Packers we've had in the past. You know, a lot of linebackers, like the number two guy we've had, are better run stuffers. Yeah. So we thought, like B.J. Goodson, Antonio Morrison, even I would say Desmond Bishop, 
And these guys yeah. were like really one-dimensional where they're good against the run, but you cringe when you see them back there in pass mm-hmm. coverage. And I'm not saying that Chris Barnes is Luke Keekly, but I cringe a little bit less. He's more dependable in the pass. I agree. I agree. Not a position you necessarily want to see a lot of, but hey, our defense wasn't terrible last year, and he was pretty much the guy in the middle, right? But I think his current setup is uh, as the second guy really helps him out. I think play to his strengths a lot more, which is is great to see. And I think this last game really showed what they are capable of together, not just even individually, but I think what we can kind of hope for going forward out of that group. And they played great. Speaking of groups stepping up, mm-hmm. so kind of breaking news before the game, our, our best corner and our best corner to match up against these Chiefs, Mr. Eric Stokes. Best remaining corner. Best remaining corner. Thank you. Tweaked his knee. Thankfully, it doesn't sound like it's going to be you know season-threatening or anything. Hopefully, a short-term thing. Uh, he was out of the game. So I was definitely more nervous when you're facing a team with fast, small receivers when you have Razul Douglas and, and Mr. Kevin King. Yeah, neither one of which are burners. Kevin King was supposed to be, but clearly that has left him. Yeah. I mean, they're both like 6'2", 6'3", physical guys. Yeah. But both of them played their asses off. They played great. They played absolutely great. I, you mentioned the... The dropped pick from King, right? But he was in great position. He was on screen. I know. That's real good progress for him. <laughs> we don't have to pan out or watch the, the All-22 to figure out where's, where Kevin King where's was. Where's Kevin? Oh, right. Oh, he's in the wrong end zone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're not playing Where's Waldo or anything, trying to trying to find our dude. He's out there. We can see him. He was on screen making plays. Uh, he, he had a couple good tackles, too, on some of those screens and, and whatnot. I mean... He was playing pretty physical. Aggressive, right? Yeah, so many times aggressive. you bang your head on the table with Kevin King when they throw like a bubble screen his way, and he's just like dancing in place. Right. Like, I don't know if he hears music in his head or what's going on, but he would finally start to just go, go downhill, go downhill, attack the screen. I think even on one of those screen plays, he made the tackle through the block. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. Normally, that's a Jair thing. It was great. Rasul Douglas played smart. Right? Because he is not a burner. Never was. Oh, no. No. But playing cushion, but still breaking on the ball really well. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that he's in the play. Right? That was great to see. Sully deserves a shout-out for sure. Because I saw him run step for step a couple times with Tyreek. Didn't know he had those wheels. I'm not sure he knew he had those wheels. But he looked good. He was sticky in coverage. Um, the couple plays that kind of targeted him specifically. So... Yeah, that group, and even if we want to bring that out to the secondary as a whole, I think we should. They really stepped up. I mean, Amos didn't really do a ton visually, right? Not a ton of impact plays. And I'm okay with that from him. Savage was flying around, though. Making plays, making things happen, hidden people. This is something we've touched on before, the fact that I expected him to be much more of a center fielder and a little bit less of the fly-around kind of guy. But ever since we've done a little bit more of that with him, I think he's really excelled. He's made a lot of plays close to the line of scrimmage. There was one where he came screaming out of nowhere, out of the back, on a little a little pass-off between him and Devondre, and just made a play. That's it. Dude was 20 yards away. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs only had to get like four yards. And bam, comes up, whacks the guy. I would just... He's... It feels like the game has slowed down enough for him where he trusts his instincts now. And it's allowing him to be more aggressive, which is the kind of player that he needs to be to succeed. Yeah, I feel like we're finally getting the returns when we invested that high draft pick in him. It's great yeah. to see. Yeah, love it. And it's scary to think about when Jair comes back. That secondary is going to be when we, good. When we got all the boys back, oof, yeah. watch out on NFL. All right. So I brought it up Monday, so I have to bring it up today. You do. I have to give a shout out to the offensive line to, and to a lot of Luke's guys. So, Kings of Kiki. Defensive what, line. Defensive line. Defensive lineman, uh, usually an outside rusher, was out this game, I believe, with a concussion. Kenny Clark went down by like, the second drive. Mm-hmm. And Dean Lowry was banged up. I learned from the press conference from Mr. Matt LaFleur after the game that he was on a, a snap count as well. Rockford zone. Rockford zone. So, the, the only guys we had up front. TJ Slayton and Lancaster 
and then Prophet's Town's own, Jack Heflin. You're really learning these, and it's making me so proud on the inside, right? So you're right. Naperville's own, Tyler Lancaster. Uh, you kind of banged on him a little bit earlier with the with the whole blocked field goal uh, snafu. I'll use snafu because you keep using it. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say snafu so often in half an hour, but that's okay. We're going to roll with it here. And then uh, he made some good plays. He made a stuff on the goal line. Pretty mm-hmm. much single-handedly. Loved that. And then you're right. Provincetown zone. Jack Heflin. Someone you should be a bigger fan of, honestly. He went to Northern. He went to Iowa. We should both love him equally. I do love him from going to Iowa. You went to both of those places. But then once he did the whole, like, Provincetown, it just turned me off to him. I'm sorry. This okay. Well, honesty. He'll win you back. I really hope he does. Because he didn't really, I didn't really see him do much, but that's okay. He got on the field. Yeah, sometimes uh, no no publicity is not a bad thing. Correct, correct. I will take it for my boys. TJ Slayton running around like tackling receivers and stuff? And that dude is a giant. Yeah, he a big boy. He's he, north of 350. He's huge. And he played well. He played well. He made a couple impactful plays um, like what I saw there. I think he's someone that I'm very excited to see grow next to Kenny Clark. Uh, I know Kiki was out right at this point. And they're very different players, so it's not necessarily fair. I like potentially slain more than Kiki next to Clark. And here's why, right? Because Clark does not always necessarily need to play nose tackle. I think sometimes he may be even more beneficial sliding out against a guard a little bit more. And we've but, seen them do that or against right. a tackle and he just wrecks right. his day. And, but currently, right, who do we put in there in nose guard? Lancaster. He's the only or other big guy. Slayton. But that's my point. I think Slayton being so big and so strong and having the motor that you brought up, being able to chase people down, him and then Kenny on a guard, that could cause some problems in the future. Disruptions for sure. Definitely. All right, my man. I think we got to switch to offense because we're going long yet again. (laughs) That's fine. Let's let's talk about the offense. Uh, We should probably section this out. Let's talk about love. Let's talk about love. Let's well, talk you about see, love. love, Luke, is a wonderful thing when, when two people... Oh, you want Jordan Love? I mean, we can do either one. Whatever. Jordan Love. Whatever well, the I people mean, want. My sister did just get married this weekend. It was beautiful. So There you go. Talk about all kinds of love. All kinds of love. Yeah, my sister's wedding was much uh, nicer to look at than the, the Packers offense for a lot of the day. Yeah, but... We're going to be more positive today. We're going to be more positive. I'm, we're not going to lie here. We were a little negative on Jordan Love on on Monday. Um, and I think that's okay. It's okay to be critical. But also, I think a couple more days has given us a little bit more perspective on everything. Um, be able to digest what we saw a little bit. And I'm going to try to be positive here. I'm going to try to be positive. So what we, what we agreed on Monday was that it didn't seem like the game plan helped him out a whole lot. No, the game plan was not really tailored to his needs or skill set necessarily so i don't know why we were empty so much first of all it was an empty-headed decision yeah (laughs) oh boy we were empty and we weren't chipping right like we we weren't chipping in previous weeks it didn't feel like there were a lot of hot routes and even if they were jordan wasn't picking up on them um so that seems like a a bad idea honestly i think if we would have just copied and pasted last week's game plan against arizona to this week we probably would have been more successful. The fact that he threw for over 40 times and uh, Jones and Dylan had 20 carries combined, that's just not a recipe for success. No, no, I did, I did not like that, especially when, specifically, A.J. Dylan. Uh, <clears throat> My boy. We're killing it on the ground game, right? Yeah. And against a defense we know is very soft in general, especially against the run up the middle. Eight rushes, 46 yards, 5.8 yards per carry. He needs more at that point. And sometimes these stats can be a little inflated, right? Like if you have a guy who breaks off like a 45-yard run, right. then he has like the rest of his carries or two yards. No, this wasn't A.J. Dillon. It's still, it feels like it's five yards every, every carry. single time, right? He gets hit yeah. at two, and he says, hey, I'm taking a trip for three more yards. You want to come with? So I'm going to carry you there. And. It's interesting the usage in general between him and Aaron Jones, but I don't care who who they gave the ball to. We just need to run more, right? Um, Maybe some more screen action. I know they didn't work great the couple we ran, but you got to do something. You're right. Maybe bring some 
chip a little bit more, bring some more people in. But all this empty stuff, you're just leaving them out to dry. I think we looked worse than empty for a couple of reasons, right? Like you said, if you you can either have people chip, yeah, or you can have backs like Aaron Jones or Dylan next to Love. There yeah. are a couple of times where we did like where we had both that formation that we love. You mm-hmm. have three guys out wide. You have Dylan and Jones, you know, next to each other. And there were a couple of plays in the passing game where we had success, where we're either like a little play action mm-hmm. and then like fake the like the screen to the other guy, just get the defense moving in a few different spots. Right, so not just coming downhill at you, the quarterback. Exactly, slows down the pass rush a little bit, gets things open for the offense, and two, like even like those are option plays. Right. You have the option to give it if it's if it's Jones going up the middle there and then Dylan on the dump, you have the option to to give it up the middle. Or then you have the option to get on the dump. And then if not, then you have a third option. These are very easy reads. Yeah. For a quarterback who were gonna be nicer, but it was obvious that he was really nervous. Yeah, he, he was not ready, right? And this is one of those things where you may never be ready for your first NFL game. We see that with a lot of quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um so it doesn't even if he waited a full another year, he still may have looked exactly the same. Do you remember what I told you? What the my uh, my halftime adjustment would have been? What would your halftime adjustment? Do you remember what it was? I do not. I said just get the kid a Xanax. That's true. That's true. He needed to calm down. And we mentioned on Monday, you know, it seemed like one of his big issues was accuracy. Which, if you're stressing. It's just going to make it worse. Yeah, you're not going to be accurate. You're going to be overthinking. You're going to be holding onto the ball too tight. Right. And I, I want to get back to that accuracy in a second. Um, but I didn't see as much motion, I think. Part of that's when you're an empty. It's it's a little bit hard to do some of that stuff, some of those actions. But I didn't see a ton, right? Nope, you're right. And, and we haven't really given the ball on one of those motions at all this year, right? And Marquez was back. So that's just inexcusable. And let's think about it for a second, right? If they're blitzing the house, and I understand it's mostly third, third down, maybe you give on one of those motions. And if everyone's still screaming towards the quarterback, it doesn't leave a lot of people out there to go chase down MVS as he's streaking around the corner, right? Mm-hmm. So some some of that, those kind of actions just to get the defense thinking laterally a little bit more could have been beneficial. And I wish we would have seen more of that. Like you said, would have definitely helped slow down the pass rush. Yeah, and I think when we saw them in obvious blitz um, packages, especially not on third down, felt like Jordan was checking to run a lot automatically. Right? At least that's what I was picking up on. I think there may be a couple reasons for this. One being, I don't know how good, comfortable, aware whatever he is of adjusting protections because that's something we know Aaron is amazing at right yeah that's an element where not having Aaron Rodgers really shows up right because maybe you can run more empty and Aaron knows how to get each and every lineman to block exactly who he wants Mm -hmm. and to leave the people he wants left open right that may just be a skill Jordan doesn't have yet um yet because it's his first game he's ever played folks correct so none of this is is to rag on him but just the things that we've noticed right and i think we're gonna be more critical of him um because this time i'll try to keep my little tangent here shorter than it was monday um this time when the backup comes in we care right seneca wallace scott tolzine hunley kaiser that whole group right all the collarbone fill-ins essentially even mm-hmm. if we go back to your boy matt flynn no matt flynn is separate <laughs> matt flynn never disappointed us ever the fact that you include him in that list is insulting recant and apologize probably Devin's favorite packer right there uh, i digress that entire group of quarterbacks right when they came in we already knew we were gonna lose and we didn't care that much and why did we not care that much because it was a this pain is going to be temporary. Correct. Aaron's going to come back and do what he does. Exactly. And obviously, Aaron's going to come back. Hopefully, this weekend, if not next weekend, and do what he does. I'm not too worried about that. However, this is our look at the future. None of these people that I just mentioned were the future, right? So we're going to be a little bit more critical. We're going to dive a little deeper into what Jordan Love did. 
just because there's a pretty solid chance this is what we're seeing every week next year, that he's the guy, right? I hope not. Uh, no offense to Jordan, but I love me some Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback because he's really good at it. So I want to keep him around as long as possible. But it's a little scary to think about, right? You brought up before, we've never experienced a Packers team without Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre starting. Yeah, we've been very blessed. We have been blessed. I don't want to go be the Bears anytime soon, or the Lions, or even the Vikings, right? Mm-mm. I don't want to be them. And Jordan Love has potential to put us in that bucket. He also has the potential to put us on a quarterback streak to like the NFL has never seen and probably never will again. So there's a myriad of options for Jordan Love's career, right? I just really hope we end up in the right bucket. I really, really hope. And there were some flashes, but also a lot of things that kind of make think, Ooh, wow, you're right. Aaron's really good at this. So if you could say one thing to Jordan Love, if you could pull him aside and say, all right, son, this is what we got to work on, what would it be? That's a great question. That's a great question. I think be a little bit more confident. I think that would be it. Be a little bit more confident. I know he talked a big game. Of course, of course, right? He's going to say, I'm ready for it. I've been preparing, yada, yada, yada. But you're right. He looked nervous. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of the stuff came from. That's, I wonder if some of those run checks were because he was nervous. They may not have been. I mean, whatever. And a lot of those runs worked out just fine. But I just want to see him throw the football like I know he can. And I don't think the entire game we really saw him let it loose. No, he did not. He barely took any shots downfield, right? And when he did, they were off balance, just kind of chucking it up there, falling away from the rush, right? I want to see him stand there and sling it to a certain extent i didn't even care this last sunday if he was just gonna throw a bunch of picks i wanted to see him stand there throw the football confidently and we did not see that not necessarily his fault right we've talked about some of the reasons for that but just try to be a little bit more confident play your game yeah we drafted you for a reason yeah well (laughs) drafted you for a reason right Let's, let's prove them right. Yeah, and so. you have natural ability. I just want to see it. I feel like we didn't get to see a lot of it. Through mostly no fault of his own. Yeah, no. I think if I could sit down to him, sit down with him, I think I would tell him just could just know, know your hot reads. Yeah. Right? It seemed like he was zeroing in on Devontae, which again kind of goes back to the game plan. A lot of these routes that they had Devontae going on were longer routes, mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 yards, which especially in the second half when they were successfully blitzing us, it felt like every third down, if not every second and third yep. down. If the goal is to get him, have him target Devontae, then have Devontae run shorter routes. Mm-hmm. If it's not, if you still want to send him on these deeper concepts and, and hope the line holds jordan you have to know what your hot route is where right. your hot read is there was a either a third or fourth down i can think of where you have lazard and adams on one side of the formation and it's a almost like a pick play right where rub a rub thank you where lazard comes across the middle adams is going up deep to the corner and he tries to fit it into adams mm-hmm. and it's like he's throwing he's waiting for the play to develop so he's backing up throwing off his back foot Right, throwing away it's just an ugly throw, and it's it's knocked away. Right, whereas Lazard breaks into the middle. I mean, not the fastest guy in the world, but was had two steps mm-hmm. on the corner. I think at least gets the first down, and and he doesn't see him. So, I understand as a young quarterback, like, oh my God, this is Devonte Adams. He's the best receiver in the league. I should really lean on him. Know the playbook. Know where those those quick reads are if you are getting pressured that much. Right, and then trust it. Trust what you're seeing, Yeah. right? And that kind of goes a little bit with what I said. And what I'm thinking is trust what you see and then let it rip. I don't want you to be falling back and all that. Plus, you're an athlete. We saw it on a couple of scrambles. You know, maybe we could have moved the pocket more. I know we did on one play to the left, 
of all places. I thought that was an interesting call um, on a quick little little out route there, and it worked well. But I wanted to see more of that. Played your strengths a little bit more, right? Because we know you have them. You have an arm. We didn't see the arm, right? We did not see a big arm on Sunday. I don't think he threw it more than 15 yards down the field except for that Cobb play. Yeah. Maybe that Devontae one that was picked or whatever. But even those, they're all like falling away, just kind of lolly it in there. Yeah, they were off-platform, poor form, ugly throws. Right, right. Your feet aren't set, all that kind of stuff. So almost going back a little bit to what Aaron looked like a couple years ago, right? Because we've seen a little bit of that out of Aaron when his arm looked like it was going a little bit before he discovered squats. You know, it's a big thing for him now. Uh, (laughs) But really, like core and leg strength and better footwork will lead to crisper, harder passes. And they can coach that. 100%. The kid's got a big arm. He's got a good place to start with that. Just a lot of that footwork, the platform you're talking about, those are things that he needs to get ingrained in him. So he can really just let it rip and, and show the talent we know he has. So that's that's what I would like to see. And like I said, a lot of this goes to game planning and coaching and all that. This isn't necessarily on him. But I liked him bouncing back a little bit, right? As the game went on, he played better. He settled in, right? That touchdown drive, I mean, the throw wasn't, like, it was a good throw, but it wasn't amazing or anything. But he settled in, started making some better reads, getting the ball out a little bit more on time, those kind of things. So there were some building blocks there for sure. It's good that he finished the game on a high note. Yeah. Touchdown drive and then just didn't get the ball back. I had some confidence that if we would have gotten the ball back, I don't know if we go win that game, but we we make those fans in Kansas City sweat. That is a guarantee. Yeah, I think we definitely would have moved down the field. Don't know if we would have won if we would have got that touchdown, but I think we definitely would have moved down the field. All right, folks. We are running another long show, which, hey, I'm glad that we have so much to talk about. Let's just quickly go into Seattle. When Luke and I were discussing this matchup on Monday, it really seemed, I want to say like 80-20% chance that we were going to have Rodgers back. Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like we're we're as sure. Um, Rodgers went back on the Pat McAfee show, and it's the way that he was wording some things. I feel like it's more of a 50-50 shot. So you had said on Tuesday that you honestly were kind of hoping we'd see, or Monday, that you were hoping we'd see love again so we can do better, look better, have more yeah. confidence in him going forward. We may get that chance. We may. Now, part of me absolutely does not want to see love again because I want Aaron Rodgers back, and I want us to win this game, and I want us to win by 30. But I'm trying to look positively, right? Yes. We talked about. The positive of Aaron potentially not playing is to give Love another shot with a full week of practice, right? That's something we didn't touch on this time around. That is that Love probably didn't really do anything during the week, right? Given when they found out about Rodgers. Um, and then I, I read that some COVID regulations and travel and, that, and all that kind of good stuff, right? that he probably just had to walk through. He may not have even had one full practice as the starter, right? So a week of practice probably would help him. And he's practicing currently as the starter because Aaron's not there, right? So I think that would already put him in a better position to succeed, which I would be very interested to hear to see how that plays out. LeFleur took the blame on the game plan. Which I was very proud of him, as Good. he always does. Yep, yep. So I'd be interested to see what a full week looks like game plan wise. And what does Jordan come out and look like? So that would be why I would be kind of excited for that. Of course, like I said, I want Aaron Rodgers to come back and I want us to win by 30 without a doubt though. I know that he's allowed to come back, that he's cleared to come back. Yeah. He doesn't have to test positive to come back, which I thought was interesting. He doesn't have to test negative. I was the same way coming back from work. I didn't have to test negative. It was, Hey, 10 or 11 days whatever it was, and if you're you know, symptom-free, no fever, you're good to go back. And he won't be tested again until like the playoffs. But, yeah, because then you're shedding. Right. Worst part about having COVID for me, the headaches, mm-hmm. the mental fatigue. I remember I, I had a, like a checkup with my doctor, and I could barely even talk to him. And I remember like the first week back at work, like I wasn't 100%. Like I was definitely... Like when I was passing meds and stuff, I was like double, triple, quadruple checking. You definitely 
a lot of people definitely lose some mental clarity from COVID. So even if like league protocol says he's, he's good, good to, go to go on Saturday, he may not be good to go. He may not be good to go. And I don't know if he would be willing to have like the, Oh yeah, no, I really, I really shouldn't play. I'm not ready. And, and we don't know, right? He, he may be completely fine already. It's possible. Another good example of what you're talking about um, is Jason Tatum, who's a, a really good basketball player for the Celtics, right? And he's 22, 23, something like that. Young, obviously in fantastic shape. One of the young stars of the NBA. And he got COVID. And when he came back, he came back playing, thought he'd be fine. He had to have an inhaler on the sidelines, on the bench for him, waiting every time out. He just was, he lost his game shape that quick. It was only a couple of weeks. So it's very possible there are lingering effects that we can't really foresee. Aaron probably can't foresee until we get there, right? So we don't really know how he's going to come back or when he'll be fully back. And just a little mental fogginess could cost him his season. It could be, it could I cause mean, some if, real problems, right? If he doesn't see Jamal Adams coming off the weak side and, and says, like, hey, you know, pick him up. That could be a free shot. It could be another collarbone. Who knows? So right. I just, I think that I'd almost be more comfortable if he doesn't play this weekend. Yeah, I would not be upset if we played it a little safe. Yeah. That okay. being said, I really want to beat the Seattle Seahawks because we Good both Lord. despise them. Because just shenanigans ensue every time we play them. Yeah, just knowing that Russell Wilson's going to be back after being out for three or four weeks with a hand injury, my anxiety is just through the roof. Like, I'm not sleeping well. He just He's going to run around. He's going to be annoying. He's going to do some stuff because he always does. Always. Just who he is. I would even be happy if Tyler Lancaster sacks him. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> or or, or whichever zone. I don't care. Just, just somebody <laughs> just stop Any him. of them. Hey, the rate we're going, Dean Lowry's got a good shot. Yeah, it's his time to shine. I it can is. feel it. It's it the is. Dean Here Lowry we go. But, Alrighty, guys, we're uh, we're at fifty six minutes. I think this is one of our longest episodes again. It is. Any final thoughts, Luke? Um, well, by the time we we have our next episode, we may have OBJ on the team. We don't know. Oh yeah, we forgot to discuss that. I really doubt that. I really doubt he comes to us. It never happens, right? Stephon Gilmore had a similar thing. It's it, but you never know. One of these times. Right, we have been actually signing people that people have heard of this year. So, but would you really want him? Does it really move the needle? I think it could. I think it could move the needle. Um, obviously, I don't watch a ton of Browns, right? But well, that's shitty of you. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Browns, get we're it, gonna, folks. We're gonna rain, rain this back in real quick. Oof. So, I think the potential's there to really help us out. However, I'm not going to be heartbroken if we don't get him. I just think you you take snacks. 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 Take snacks. That's the worst when people take your snacks away. True. You take snaps away. From who? From who? From Lazard, who was a physical presence. Maybe. Great in the uh, running game. I think you take more snaps from your boy, MVS. Honestly. I would rather have Marquez Valdez-Scantling mm-hmm. than Odo Beckham Jr., Every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. Do you understand me? Loud and clear. Yeah, I don't know if that's that's a, a smart, but I understand where you're coming from. Part of it, right, is that he's been disgruntled for so long. I don't know if anybody knows how good he is anymore. He's injury prone. He's toxic. I mean, so is MPS. <laughs> Devin's just scowling at me currently. <laughs> just rage building. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you want to be injury pro? Keep talking like that. <laughs> don't you talk about Randy like that, man. You don't talk about just Randy saying, like that. A lot. Um, I'm just saying, who was the best placker in the NFC title game? That's what I thought. Fair. Fair. Yeah, no, he had a good game. However, the upside is through the roof, right? If he could be 80% of what he was back in the day, that would be huge for us. And if he isn't, and if he says one word, and this is the way I'd put it to him, if I was if I was Goody, right? Like, one step out of line, you're gone. Okay, you're half a season rental. You mean essentially nothing to us at this point. We're not invested in you. 
for us to sign him, it would have to be to the vet minimum because we have no cap room. Right, but most of the people we're up against would basically be the same thing. The Saints, they have way less cap room than us. They have like $800,000. That's it. Patriots? Well, does he actually want to win? The Chiefs have less cap room than us. Plus, he'd be wide receiver like three or four. I don't know, man. They're doing some Mac Jones, Bill Belichick magic up in there. Oh, yeah. No, I think he'll probably go to the Patriots, honestly. Buffalo I is... expect it. My new favorite word, Buffalo is snafuing their season away. So that's not, you're not, that's not how you use that. You that's know what? fine. I can snafu whenever I want to snafu. Okay. Okay. We're going to, we're going to get this man a dictionary uh, before the next episode. But yeah, we may have OBJ. We probably won't. He'll probably be a Patriot. We never get these guys, but you never know. It's fun to talk about. It is fun to talk about. And I am so thankful that you guys are still with us an hour, an hour later. There you go. But now I'm going to end our second episode of the week. Second episode. First, you guys get to hear. <laughs> unless you guys, unless there's people are really clamoring for essentially an hour of Devin no, talking to himself. No, no, no. matter how much you all beg, I will not release it. <laughs> what the episode title? I'll just be like, cringe. <laughs> you can kind of hear me mumbling in the background. Cringe featuring Mumbles by Luke. <laughs> that was great. Alrighty, guys, as always, thank you for tuning in to South of the Cheddar Curtain. Until next week, go pack, go. Go pack, go.